When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. I'm very, very pleased to say uh, that we've made contact and uh, he's uh, deemed it good to come onto the show with us this morning. Uh, Keith Quinn, 1997 was awarded the MNZF for services to sports journalism. He is, without doubt, uh, our most celebrated sports commentator. Won that award so many times. Uh, Author of 16 books, been to 10 Olympics, 10 Commonwealth Games, and three Paralympics, of course, that are coming up very shortly in Tokyo at this stage. Uh, his career talking about and commentating on the Olympics spanning from Munich 1972 to Rio 2016. So really, this is the first one he hasn't been at for quite some time. Keith Quinn, uh, good morning to you, sir. Tokyo without fans uh, seemed a bit of an interesting uh, sort of a spectacle. What did you make of it all? Oh, I, I tell you what, uh, Ian, uh, loved it to bits. Uh, spent a lot of time on the couch uh, worrying about it, watching it, but thoroughly enjoying all of it. This is the famous first for me, Ian, talking on NSENZ, but really I I call it uh, talking to somebody from the Coote Street Institute of Higher Learning. Are those what those uh, letters stand for? That's exactly what it is, Uh, the the Coote Street of Higher Learning. Absolutely right. (laughs) Uh, Look at... Quinny, you you know you know uh, throughout life uh, your sporting commentary life the, what atmosphere means to events, uh, crowds, uh, input and that sort of thing. Ah, uh, so here we were watching this thing from afar without anybody in the grandstands. That was totally different. It was, and I don't think in the end we uh, we worried about the fact that there was uh, nobody there. The only time I actually noticed it. Ian was at the closing ceremony when I didn't, I must admit, I didn't watch the whole thing, but the bits I did see, there was darkness and suddenly it would explode into light and then the light explosions, uh, you'd see that there was nobody there in the stadium to watch this wonderful, spectacular ceremony. The rest of the time when I was watching events, uh, I was totally transfixed on the performance of the people involved, the athletes, of course, as they're all called, uh, and their endeavours to to do well for themselves, for their sport, for their nation. And uh, the fact that there was no crowd there didn't factor into my enjoyment of it. 20 medals, Keith, uh, across the board, uh, various sports, quite diverse indeed. Um, so <clears throat> with your experience in the past, uh, does 20 medals suggest to you this is our most successful games? I think you have to say that. Um, yeah, the the total at Rio was uh, 19, I think, wasn't it? And then 
back before that, we had totals into the teens. Um, we've had significant uh, great moments in Olympic history. Uh, Peter Snell and Murray Helbert won two gold medals in an hour in uh, in Rome in 1960. And we actually had a world championships in, the, in uh, Japan. We won four rowing gold medals in an hour one time in about uh, about 10 or 12 years ago. Uh, we've had great moments in sport before in Olympic events. We've had great moments in, uh, in our rugby and our cricket as well. But I think in terms of the Olympics, when you have, there's so much emphasis on the adding up the totals, uh, then we, we've got to say that this was, uh, if not the best, then very close to being the best we've ever done. Okay, Cornell, I'll put you on the spot. Can, can you single out your favourite your favourite medal of these Olympic Games, your favourite New Zealand performance? Oh, my favourite New Zealand performance? Uh, that's very, very hard. I suppose the one that was of most satisfaction to me personally is I went to the Rio Games and was given what I considered to be the honour of commentating when they introduced rugby union into the uh, Olympic programme. Uh, rugby had been trying for some time to get the sevens into uh, the Olympics, but were always told by the IOC to go uh, back and get your women uh, involved. And so rugby uh, had to, you know, take the, their tail between their legs on a couple of occasions and get their women's program uh, at an international level up to scratch. And when they did, they were included in the Olympic Games in 2016, uh, but to, to mixed success. The men uh, were a very poorly selected New Zealand team. Remember that players who weren't even All Blacks were pulled out of the running. Artie Sevilla was one. He was uh, the man of the tournament in Wellington and in Sydney and had expressed the desire to have a gold medal hanging around his neck. Suddenly he was pulled out of uh, the running by the New Zealand 15s uh, selector, Steve Hansen. And Bowden Barrett had also showed an inclination to go to the Olympic Games. He was suddenly pulled out of it, uh, and we had a team that was not a, a good sevens team that poor old Gordon Titchens had to take uh, to the Olympic Games, and they got beaten with some bad luck while they were there. Um, Sonny Bill Williams uh, was severely injured on the first day, and they, the New Zealand team only managed to finish fifth. And then the women, who were the favourites, uh, were beaten by an Australian team in their final, which was a wonderful performance by Australia, and the New Zealand team made a number of mistakes uh, and were left uh, sobbing at the end. Uh, and uh, they were bitterly disappointed. However, the tables were turned this year when the men came strongly into the competition with a much better selected team. Uh, and they did very well. They were tipped up by Fiji in the final. But then Fiji are very hard to beat at sevens. And the women came back in their final, and uh, they played incredibly well in their final against France. Uh, but uh, along the way, the Aussie team had been played right out of the tournament, showing that their um, their team from a tremendous squad in 2016 were not the same with uh, a different opposition in 2020s. So that's, I think, on a personal level, were the events I sort of gained satisfaction on uh, seeing. But then uh, to see the rowers... Uh, and the canoeists, uh, and you know the rise of new sports across other events, 
to see that the Olympics now has now expanded from being having uh, 12-year-olds competing and winning medals in the skateboarding uh, to still seeing these uh, wonderful stories. There was an interview I saw with a 66-year-old Australian woman competing in show jumping, and she was just as uh, keen to do well in her event, I'm sure, as the 12-year-olds were in the youth uh, t- teenage sports coming through in teenage events, which the IOC want to do more of, expanding the age span of athletes at their events. Quinny, that brings me to uh, a, a question, an interesting question. How, how would how would you call skateboarding and how would you call surfing? Because, you know, you've had to adapt over the years, I'm sure many times, uh, been called in to do things. How would you go on skateboarding and surfing? Well, I presume that the commentators for those events have come from a background of being skateboarders or um, or, or surfers. Uh, but in, at the Olympic Games, they do give you months' notice, uh, several months' notice. These are the events you are going to be doing. So it gives you a chance to, um, to bone up on what the background of the competitors are, the leading personalities... Uh, and so on. So you can, even if you're not involved from a background of playing the sport or administrating the sport or being interested in a particular sport, you can go in with a measure of some confidence in a background. Um, uh, And then they'll put alongside you, perhaps, in the commentary box, someone who definitely is a much uh, more uh, expert in that particular field. That's the ideal uh, commentary combination, as as you would uh, appreciate Ian, I remember one time I was at the Olympics and was going in to collect my coat off the back of the door, and it was one of the biggest uh, mistakes I ever made because I was, you know, hurrying to catch the bus to get home to go to the bar to have a drink late at night. And the guy said, "Keith, Keith, we've got the women's, we've got the men's table tennis final on, and starting in, in in ten minutes, we need an English commentator." For the t- w- table tennis, and I thought table tennis. See, it's you, everyone's got a table tennis d- in their garage, and you hit the ball, the ping pong over the. Uh, you know, I used to play some epic test matches with Grant Nisbet underneath Broadcasting House in uh, Wellington for for years. We did it, but in fact, the terminology of all the various uh, cuts and chops that the strokes are, and the people involved from the various nations of the world, I had no idea. So I thought, this, I am really trapped here. And they said, no, you must do this for us, Keith. We need uh, English language commentary. It's going to millions upon millions upon millions of people, including uh, uh, down to New Zealand. But I had a stroke of good fortune. I ran to the studio next door where Channel 9 from Australia had uh, a young woman behind the reception desk who was their researcher. And I said, do you have any research on the current situation with world table tennis? And she said, oh, you're the first person that's asked me about table tennis. Yeah, have a look at this file here. And she pulled down a big file of notes about the best players in the world, the number one seeds, the previous winners, but, and the terminology that you would use if you were doing a table tennis commentary. And this was a, a, about 100 um, A4 pages thick. And I said, can I borrow this for an hour and hour and a half? She said, sure, sure. We're not, we don't have a table tennis commentator. I think you're our commentator going into Australia. 
So I ran down the corridor and did this commentary. I don't say it was a great table tennis commentary, except I was playing in the cricket match a few months later, a social club match, and the chairman of New Zealand cricket was in the slips with me, and he turned and said to me at one point, Keith, I didn't know you knew so much about table tennis. And I thought, that's it. That's, that's, the, that's the kind of thing that can happen. So if I had been put on uh, surfing or um, skateboarding or any of the other sports, uh, then that's what I would have done. I would have found a way to have done some knowledge, got some, attained some knowledge before I'd even got to, to uh, the Olympic venue. Twenty brilliant, uh, brilliant recollections and... Uh, I can, I can, yeah, I can, I can ascertain exactly where you're coming from there. Hey, hey look, uh, we can't let you go without uh, a view on the All Blacks, uh, Bledisloe Cup one, and <clears throat> how you feel about the All Black scene at the moment. Um, you know, you you commentated so many. I mean, I, I would imagine you commentated the last time Australia won. It was been that that far back. Uh, but uh, what what are you feeling on Foster's men and where they're at at the moment? Um, well, I guess after last weekend's game, uh, Smithy, I guess both camps, the winners and the losers of the game last Saturday at Eden Park, both camps will be saying exactly the same to each other. Their coaches would be hammering the fist into the palm of their hand saying, we can do better. We must do better. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't a wonderful, wonderful test match last weekend. One team won by 33 to 25. But the Aussies know they can improve, and the All Blacks know they can improve too. Uh, that's how I read the game. The New Zealanders. One one uh, one paper said uh, I was reading said the New Zealanders got to 33 to eight lead, and then they put their cue back in the rack. And I thought that was a pretty good expression that the writer used. Uh, and they let Australia in for those three tries in the last quarter of an hour in the game. Now. A New Zealand team performing at its very best would never, ever um, allow that to happen. Now, the Aussies will be saying, look, we got three tries against these guys in the last uh, few minutes. Let's build on that and take that into the um, full expression uh, of our uh, intent in the second test, and we can we can do better. So um, some parts of the New Zealand team I liked. Some parts I thought... Uh, this is not a New Zealand all-black team at their best, but the same with the Aussie team. I remember this Aussie team uh, had a win and a draw against the All Blacks last year. I remember seeing them draw at Wellington, and, and they had a and they had a win. And the previous year, they lost that game in in uh, New Zealand. Lost that game in, in Perth. You would have seen all those games, uh, Smithy, at much closer than I do. So this Australian team was essentially the new breed of Australians, these uh, guys that are not really very familiar names to us, um, they can beat us, and they have in recent years against our best, so uh, we can do better. Uh, there he was, folks. Uh, that's Keith Quinn, uh, the best the best of the best for a long, long period of time in New Zealand sport, and his commentaries, uh, of course, are on the record forever in so many of New Zealand's Best Olympic moments and, of course, best rugby moments. Uh, travel safely, Quinny. I understand you're on the road. So thanks very much for your time uh, this morning. Invaluable. 
Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.